All right, everybody, welcome back in. Robin Stew Show here, special episode. Not a special episode that I care to do. Um, coming up this week, we got the college football picks, the NFL picks. That's all coming up. But uh, I, I, I tell you, I'm blessed. This show's blessed to have a great friend in Justin Spiro who joins us tonight. Spiro, I have a new show. Please go out and check it out. I email it to coworkers. They love it. Um, it, even if you're not a Detroit person and you're not into Detroit sports, there's enough on there that uh, is just phenomenal. Justin joining us tonight. I know you're packing up Peter Millar uh, sweater vests and and polos and and got the whole deal. Amazing design. Um, but thank you for for spending a few minutes to come in and chat, brother. No, no problem. Happy to do it. Wish it could be under better circumstances than we're at, but you know that's uh, part of the deal with having a role in media when it sucks, you got to be here too. And so that's what we're going to do. So let's get after it. I, I'm ready. Um, as ready as I'll ever be, I guess, for this topic, it's, it continues to be a whirlwind. Yeah. And I, I know this is going to be something for folks that are looking for a more in-depth thing. Uh, I'm sure you will be covering it as you normally do the uh, end of season dissection um, with Justin Thind and and Graham Couch and, and whoever you Tony Paul, where's Tony? I, I'm praying for Tony Paul. Um, but whenever Tony comes on, I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna adjudicate it there. But I'll start. You did a great spaces. Uh, I don't know if people can still listen to it. Yeah, it's still up there. Yep. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I listened to it Sunday morning. You broke this immediately at two thirty in the morning. God bless you. God bless your wife for for allowing that. Um, no, she was asleep actually. Yeah, I <laughs> I got out of bed to do it. So yeah, she we were, she, we were both kind of like nodding off a little bit and phones blowing up. So yeah, she she was happy to sleep through it while I was down here trying to sort through this thing. It was it was quite wild. But as a parent, you know, the next day it it hurts. It hurts a lot. Yeah, she felt she felt it then because I was like walking around, you know, with uh, one half of an eye open. So yeah, she felt it after. I'll I'll let you open it up, man. I mean, um, not much to say. Everybody knows what we're talking about. I'll let you start off with the with the floor here. I mean, the biggest thing is to me that I keep coming back to is that it feels like a betrayal. This was a a guy that the fan base rallied behind in a way not even D'Antonio saw at any point. I mean, even at the very, very peak, he was beloved, but he didn't have this, you know, gang out in the streets for him, fighting his battles for him. And the Michigan State fan base was so overly passionate. And I was certainly among them in advocating for this guy, defending this guy when things got bad. They really had his back and bought into the vision and and believed in him. And I think he owed us better. He owed the program better, certainly owed the kids better and the members of his staff. And you look at the collateral damage with something like this and, you know, someone like, like I'm friendly with uh, Scotty Hazelton's wife and, you know, they're, you know, they got, I think four or five young kids. It's at least four, uh, four young kids. And they're probably going to have to move now. Now. I mean, there's a chance the new coach retains Scotty next year. I'm a big Scotty Hazelton guy. We talked about that last time I was with you, but you know, there's a good chance a lot of these assistants are going to be packing up and moving. And you you sign up for that in this industry for performance, but not for, for something like this. And they had an opportunity to 
improve this year and have a, a good launch pad to 2024. That seemed to be the goal. Try to win seven, eight games, maybe a little more. And, you know, let's keep this thing rolling. Anything short of uh, anything better than a total disaster. They were all coming back at least next year. And now, you know, even if this thing wasn't ultimately going to work out, barring three and nine, four and eight, they were all going to be here. The assistants for the most part, maybe one exception you tweak around for another year. And now they're not. So, you know, that's uh, potentially not anyway. So that's another component of this. He just, he just let so many people down and, uh, I don't really care about the, you know, the legal side of it as much, you know, in terms of formulating my opinion, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he could be exonerated or um, convicted, not literally, but you know, in the, yeah, in the uh, hearing in October and it's kind of like, whatever, there's enough that we know that he did that he's admitted to and you know, he's got to go. That's that. Yeah. I was telling you, I've been getting hit up as you have, What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? You know, how do you explain this? And and uh, few emotions come to mind because I'm I'm in lockstep with you. Me and you, I think, are good representatives of what the fan base believe about Tucker. And it's anger at the fact that you could be so stupid to do something like this. Because we saw the vision. We bought the vision. Right. It's sadness that the board of trustees who have a horrific track track record <laughs> at Michigan state are going to, you kind of lucked into it last time. Um, and with Antonio, but there's very clear signs that this board of trustees is Bobby Williams, C John L Smith, et cetera, um, struggles with head coaching. And so there's sadness that, Oh God, we're in this again. And it's, it's uneasiness because, you know, I think Michigan State for the longest time, and please correct me if you, if you feel differently. For the longest time, it felt like Michigan State was a school where six wins was okay. Seven wins was great. We're going to be like Maryland, Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, uh, Northwestern where we're going to have a team every once once a decade that's going to make it to the Outback Bowl. We're going to we're going to make it to the Belk Bowl and everybody's going to rejoice and and that's what you have to look forward to. And I think D'Antonio started it. Tucker had the vision of let's you have to compete nationally. You have to go against the big boys for recruits. Whether you win or lose, you win some, you lose a ton, but It'll happen over time. It'll happen. You got to invest in in the infrastructure. You got to build the program. And I have severe uneasiness at this point that that will continue. And it wasn't so much Mel because Mel, we talked about it last time as you brought up and you can read the receipts. Not the world's greatest X's and O's guys. Not, not the greatest game manager but at least he had the vision that we share of where we want to see the school. And so a lot of emotions, a lot of anger and upsetness, sadness, and just horrible. Justin, give me the, give me the silver lining. Give me the clear blue skies up above. It's it's not Mark D'Antonio. I mean, God bless him. He's, he's more than deserved a statue, 
Um, he doesn't have to come back. It's not going to be him to lead it, but what what is your take on where the future is early? Obviously, this is September still, so we don't know any coaches available or what have you, but your thoughts. I mean, I, I still believe in the infrastructure of the program and, you know, the buy-in for the program. It's not Alabama, LSU. You know, it's not a major SEC school in terms of rabid fan bases, but, you know, it's not Maryland, Indiana, or Rutgers either. Uh, in terms of revenue, in terms of just footprint. So the right coach can get it rolling again and to a much higher level than, you know, six and six, seven and five, try to get to the Outback Bowl. The question is, you know, is that Mel Tucker vision of competing for national championships a real possibility at the school? It's not going to come with him now, but was that a real thing that could happen? Or... Are you better off going more D'Antonio model now? D'Antonio got to the college football playoff. He had three teams in the top five in a row. So he wasn't that far off. It's not like he was just solid or middling around, but it's still, he only had one team that really felt like they could have won a national title. They weren't like a contender. D'Antonio, when he was hired, said, you know, I, I want to win the Rose Bowl and win the Big Ten, get to the Rose Bowl. I don't think he even mentioned the national championship. I, I don't think that was ever mentioned. If it was, it was a 20 to 1 ratio the other way. It was always win the Big Ten, go, you know, go to the Rose Bowl. I don't think any coach hired now is going to say that with the playoff format. It's a different era, but it is curious to see what Michigan State goes for with the coach they hire, what the coach wants to do. Do they try to become more? kind of the D'Antonio mold, like recruit more regionally and and develop guys and, you know, be more chip on the shoulder? Or do they try to get back in those five-star living rooms? Tucker was mostly um, a bridesmaid in those recruiting battles. Uh, you know, there's a couple exceptions where, you know, we got a top 100 guy this year on our D-line that looks pretty good. But, you know, for the most part, he was losing that. And the silver lining is – they had a lot of money in Mel Tucker. I suspect that they'll have to give him some of it in a settlement, but nowhere near what they were going to owe him. And the trajectory was not that great. Like this is, I still had hope that it could work and turn around. I was far from giving up on the guy, but it's, you know, the recruiting was in the fifties. We went five and seven last year. The, the arrow was downward. Doesn't mean it can't be spun back, but it was downward. And if you can get out of that contract when things are not going well, that may have been a blessing. Of course, no one wants it to happen under these circumstances, but if you're looking for the silver lining, okay, may have dodged a bullet and we can reset here. I uh, I, I was listening to Valeni today at work uh, and Mike Valeni, uh, 97.1, with our, our friend Rico Beard, your friend too. Um, and a true talent, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, one of your close friends. Uh, and um, mentor too, yes. Yes. And they were on today and, and Mike made a good point, um, a point I hadn't heard. And I, I'm going to press you to see if if you know what he was talking about when he was alluding to issues in the offseason besides the the Taylor case uh, popping up with Mel Tucker. Did, did you hear any of that? Did you see any of that? Because you are pretty close and tied in. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stories. Um, I assume things he and that I will have come out of, over time. I'm sure. I don't think all of it will. I think there'll definitely be more, especially if, you know, 
if Mel Tucker drags their ass to court as he has, you know, 80 million reasons to to do so at some point, you know, depositions can be a bitch. You know, this, a lot of stuff can come out that has borderline relevance to anything, but you know, Michigan state is going to start bringing stuff up that they view as problematic and, you know, potentially contributing to the just cause nature of this stuff. And, you know, I'll, I heard, you know, Valani say, Hey, like the stuff that he's talking about is not illegal and I'll, uh, you know, confirm that there's nothing in there. That's like, Oh my God, it's a, you know, there's no like criminal behavior, but stuff that you would probably find unbecoming of someone in that position. And um, I'm not going to talk about it for the same reason he didn't, you know, Mel Tucker's feeling pretty litigious and um, you know, that's that, but uh, there's, there's other stuff out there, non, you know, non-illegal it's legal behavior, but stuff that some doubt would be cast upon is basically non-ethical. Um, more, well, yeah, there's, 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 there's a few, um, yeah, maybe, maybe more, maybe a little bit more potentially see something I would view as more immoral than unethical, which is a subtle, but real difference. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'd have to think about that. (laughs) It's interesting stuff unbecoming stuff, unbecoming a leader for sure. But even stuff like that, you know, I can tell you that, you know, Valeni mentioned in passing, and I can expand a little bit on, you know, I don't know if you heard Valeni talk today about him becoming, um, what word did he use? Like kind of not inaccessible, but Tucker was more distant or like, kind of checked out or something I, like I that. I can tell you that that's been the case with uh, other media personalities in the college football realm as well. And okay, they, so they felt the, felt the same thing. Yeah. And I mean, I can confirm that from you know personal experience, even. And like, he used to be a religious viewer of my show. And like, you know, we, you know, text back and forth a little bit and um, you know, I'm not going to pretend like we were best friends or anything. Cause we weren't. Um, but you know, we had a open line of communication and talked uh, a few times, uh, twice on the phone and, you know, he just like ghosted the last year, um, you know, and, that is just odd, but I wasn't the only one he did that to. I, so I didn't take it personally. I heard that from like 10 other people. So that's where, you know, some of that comes from, uh, you know, but even stuff that anybody could see people forget, I think, cause it was a few years ago, this guy was doing like Periscope now Twitter lives, like answering Q and A's from fans live and doing that kind of stuff. And not only doing it, but openly talking about the importance of doing it and why he wanted to do it and why it was so important to engage the fan base. And we love our fans and Odell Bredham before he, when he only had like 4,000 followers. Now he's since blown up much bigger. You know, he's answering a question from Odell Bredham jr. in like a Twitter live, like all of that went away. Um, And, you know, he was very quiet in the wake of the shooting. Um, I, and most people gave him the benefit of the doubt, maybe just mourning differently, but like, you know, wouldn't, even retweet a GoFundMe thing that was going around at any point for any of the multiple ones that were out there, just stuff. He would have done that first year, second year. Absolutely. Without question. He would be like calling people like me or DMing people like Bredham saying like, Hey, how can I help? Not only was he not doing that, he, he was just like inaccessible, unreachable. And that was something a lot of people felt. And really we didn't deserve that because hey you're the one that went five and seven we, we like we still got your back man like you can't act like hot shit now like you just you went five and seven it was weird he he acted like he had a great year i don't know why but that's that's what happened it, it and you brought up something too with the with the shooting it's just 
it, it's really demoralizing uh, yet again. Michigan State, our alma mater, has another black guy, and it's just, man, it's so tiresome. It is so tiresome. And when you bring up Paul Levine in a deposition, it's like, oh, God, you're calling the dogs. You are calling the dogs. And uh, I don't have a great thing to say about that person. But, uh, again, you know, how, how do you cope with it? How, for for the Spartan fans listening, um, what's your best advice? Because I know, it, I personally, I just got to eat it. I got to eat it. It is what it is. Oh, I mean, the worst days are ahead for me. Wait till they find some of my receipts. I mean, I was the biggest <laughs> supporter. You know, was, yeah. there's a thousand clips of, of me out there. So yeah, my worst days are ahead actually in terms of the the receipt stuff. And you know, they're already dunking on me about the suspension tweet. You know, the the freezing cold takes account retweeted me. I I argued that's not a bad take, man. At the time, I just said a fact that none of these Michigan State coaches were suspended. Now, since one of them has been suspended, but it's not a bad take. I just said the stat and it was accurate at the time I said it. So I'll push back on that one. But uh, yeah, they're already coming for me. It's it's fine. You know, it's if you don't have strong opinions, then, you know, you're not going to have to ever worry about this stuff. If you have strong opinions and you vocalize them, you're going to be out there. My advice is rally around the Michigan State flag, rally around these kids. You know, you care about this school, you care about Spartans and Spartan nation and the health of the football program, the health of the school, whether you went there or not get behind the kids that are there, the staff that's there that didn't do anything wrong. That's been busting their ass, trying to make this a good season, a special rebound season, get behind them. They got a big game on Saturday, right? No one thinks they can win. Right. So get behind them and and support the Spartans that have done it the right way. And Michigan state will be back. Nobody has more experience bouncing back from nonsense than Spartans. Unfortunately, the silver lining to that is we're pretty good at bouncing back. We wish we didn't have to so many times, but you know, we're used to it and uh, get behind that flag, get behind the kids on the field and the coaching staff still in, in place there. You brought up the big game. Let's go to the big game. Uh, we debated this in the preseason uh, extensively. This is a huge game in terms of what the season will outcome will be. Uh, it, it will be a trendsetter. We both agree on that. Uh, for you, where do you stand coming into this? We've seen two games from Washington, Boise State, and uh, a wretched Tulsa team. And for Michigan State, Central, uh, and the Spiders of Richmond, uh, what are your thoughts on on the two games and the teams leading into it? I mean, you kind of have to throw everything out, right? This is such a weird, extenuating circumstance that's been dropped in our lap. It's such like a you know, I saw the line was 16. At one point, it was like eight or it, nine. It opened It opened at 14, and then it's been bet up to 16. I've seen 16 and a half in some books. Um, I thought it opened, not not opened at nine, but I thought like the look-ahead line it was nine like 10 days ago or something. I could be making that up. Yeah. But I know it went up, and it's up to I, – I saw 16, and that's what I tweeted out. Yeah. But, you know, it. this is such a tough like – how is any of this going to go? I, I think in the last six hours, they've probably determined Mark D'Antonio's exact precise role in this. But as of this morning, it still wasn't exactly sure. They said he's definitely going to be wearing a headset. So like, is D'Antonio going to be, you know, kind of 
50 50 with Barnett on like whether to go for it. It seems like they're going with Barnett, but D'Antonio has a headset, but he's not one of the coordinators. Why does he have a headset? Like there's, <laughs> there's, we don't even know really the, the role here of the greatest coach in school history who's back with a headset. We don't even know what he's doing. So it's tough to say. Washington, by all accounts, seems to be a better team. That offense is, is terrifying with Penix, who, I heard recently celebrated his 29th birthday. So happy birthday to him. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like, why do we feel like we've been playing this guy since I was there? It's like, come on, go. Antonio um, in his last season played Penix at Indiana. It, it, it's, it's crazy. But yeah. here's, here's what I'll say. This feels like a great opportunity. You are down are up to 16 as a dog in the point spread. Nobody thinks you can do it. You're getting like three team parlay odds in a money line scenario. Everyone's rolling their eyes at the possibility of Michigan State winning. And I'll go back to what I said. It is still a West Coast team coming east for a night game. I think that stadium is going to be no less hopping than it would have been had none of this happened. And you can argue it would be even more galvanized and loud. I think it's going to be a weird scene. If I were them, I would get. I would paint over all that deep water shit as fast as possible, but I'm sure they'll probably still be there on Saturday, but I would, I would want Justin. uh, If they need help, I'll go volunteer with the paint jar and and I'll I'll be up there on the little ladder painting over it. Cause honestly, like a lot of that stuff never really. It's a square pegging around a hole. Like, you know, even I try, I try to get behind it. Now the woodshed was different because that's been, that predates Tucker and just, he kind of like brought it back into the public consciousness but like the deep water stuff you know was never really us i'm fine even with the chopping stuff that's a good life mantra the deep water thing was always kind of yeah it didn't land right get rid of some of that stuff it's going to be a weird scene down there but you know washington's better and they're uh you know coming in and they've looked really impressive this year and their biggest strength has been michigan state's biggest weakness for three years and you know exploiting that secondary is definitely something they'll be trying to do I also think this is an underrated Michigan State team. I've said that from the beginning. And I know from my conversations in the last 48 hours, that room, especially when D'Antonio was announced, is galvanized, fired up, ready to go. And, you know, that's that's something I wouldn't want to be involved with uh, betting against them. If you don't think State's going to win, fine, stay out of it. But that team has a lot of talent in that home locker room on Saturday. And they're fired up. And if Washington comes in and plays their A game, they probably win. But they better do that because Michigan State will be ready for Saturday. And um, I, I there's, it's impossible to make a prediction at this point. I don't think this is going to be some blowout, though. That's the one thing I'll say. I think State will be ready to fight. I think from my perspective, and I'll have more picks on this game uh, later this week, but I, I was looking at Washington first quarter. Um, for the sheer fact that uh, Michigan State has looked. And and I get that they're, they are playing vanilla to some extent. It seems like Noah Kim needs like two or three drives to warm up. After two or three drives, oh, it, it, it's, it's lights out. Um, in both games, in both games. Central Michigan, I gave him a pass. Richmond. It, he better fine. be ready to go right away because – Exactly. If, if, if we're not doing any of the fifth drive, that might be like 14, 17, nothing, something like that. Yes. And and you can't have that. And I thought Justin Thind uh, did a great 
job a few weeks ago of prefacing what needs to happen in that time of possession. The run game has to be on point. You have to have Nathan Carter running long drives, converting third downs, keeping their offense off the, off the field, because it really is a problem. I don't know when they go spread four, four wide, five wide. I don't know that Michigan State will necessarily, from what I've seen, have an answer. But like you've said, this team is galvanized. This is a lot of D'Antonio's guys here. So, you know, hopefully um, on the big stage, bright lights, the, the team shows up. Yeah, he's, you know, even the non-D'Antonio guys were excited from what I was told because he's held in such high esteem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, the guys there, like, they love Darian Harris. And, you know, we've talked about that a hundred times and how much I love him and, and what a great guy he is and what a great leader he is. But, like, Darian worships D'Antonio. All these guys, like, worship or at least deeply respect Darian. So just even, like, the secondhand pass-through of like you know they they have so much love and respect for Darian Harris in that room and this is like Darian's you know guy this is Darian's you know kind of god in the Michigan State football world and um he's a a reverential figure there whether or not you played for him or recruited by him and you know the guys swear by him and you know this is a perfect situation it's people that are like coming out saying um oh remember how bad it was at the end it's like you're talking about two completely different scenarios. I'm not asking him to go recruit. I'm not asking him to, you know, hey, man, build it out for four years. What's your plan? I need him to show up here for a couple months and be an adult and be just a coach. He's just a football coach, and he's going to be helping organize their systems and, you know, make sure things run smoothly. And you know what, D'Antonio, he could probably have done that for 15 more years before he retired. It's, it's all the other stuff that just drains you and, having to be answerable to all the media and all that stuff. He's just putting on a headset and coaching football and getting some details lined up. And in that situation, D'Antonio is one of the best coaches in the country. Just football coach. He is one of the best coaches breathing air. And that's what he's going to be doing. He's just going to be helping coach some football. That's a huge asset. You don't need him for that long. Who cares about his stamina? You know, oh, he's going to burn out. He's not going to burn out in in what 10 games not even i mean it's like you know depending on long, well 10 games plus it, he'll, it's fine like he'll be fine and this was a home run that's why i put up the d'antonio bat signal i was hoping they would <laughs> they would reach out to him and they did and um i don't get the pushback on it's insane like if, if we were talking about hiring him for you know six years or something yeah but this is a completely different situation which he's perfect for a lot of folks have uh, and this will be the last question. A lot of folks have looked at Courtney Hawkins as being a potential guy to step up and fill that role. What's your thoughts on Courtney Hawkins possibly being uh, the lead candidate from the staff as is? Are you talking about like five-year deal, big picture? Yes. Um, you know, I like Hawk. He's a, he's a great Spartan. The receiving core swears by him i think he knows his shit that's that's tough i mean that is a position coach that hasn't even been doing that that long like was he was coaching high school before this i mean that's i just think that's too soon i i would i hope we keep him around i hope the new staff keeps him around i just think that's too soon it's not an indictment of him it's just 
you know, we just had Mel who had one year experience as a head coach. Do we want a guy to go from a guy with one year to no years and like only a very little experience, even as a position coach? I it's not an anti Hawk thing. I just think he doesn't fit the, he doesn't check the right boxes in terms of uh resume and, you know, maybe someday, but if he wants to be a head coach at this level, you know, go to Akron first or Miami of Ohio or, you know, Bowling Green or something and do it that way. I just don't think he's, he's ready for that. And um, if he is, it would be a complete shot in the dark that he is. It'd just be a leap of faith. We don't have any evidence of that. And I don't want to do that again. I want a guy that's, you know, built a program and won somewhere. So that's, that's just my opinion. Who's coaching Grand Valley state. Um, next episode of Spiro Avenue. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, it's time to go for you to go pack some more uh, hoodies and et cetera. Where can the good people find you? And uh, when's the next uh, Spiro Avenue show? Well, we're every Thursday at nine. Um, so we're, we're shifting our guests around a little bit. So TBD on that, but Thursday at nine for sure. Uh, that's every week. And, um, you know, maybe some more off the curb material, but anywhere you can find anything, man, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, and all that stuff. We're, we're everywhere, whether you like it or not. So you can find us just, uh, search Spiro Avenue. We'll, we'll pop up. Wonderful show. Please check it out. Justin, always a mensch for coming through clutch. Uh, we'll be back talking UTSA army, uh, in about 24 hours. So get ready for that. Uh, Until then, take care, brush your hair, and we will talk to you after a while.